Hi there. I'm Michael Marvash, and this is The Dead Man's Forest, a weekly conversation about mortality and transience and how those things can, how we can use those things to improve our lives. The Dead Man's Forest is a mental and emotional space where we, through conversation, participate in sharing our knowledge and wisdom born of our experiences and acknowledging the fact that as we are changed by the conversation, we are actively participating in that small daily death and rebirth that happens to us on a moment-by-moment basis. And we try to maintain an awareness of that in this place called the Dead Man's Forest. Last week we talked about how we find ourselves in this place, in this universe, and we all share it, and we are all a part of it. Everything that we do is a part of what happens in the universe. Every thought that we think is a part of the thoughts that are happening in the universe. And like it or not, that is something that we all share, that we all have in common. And in the same way, we we are also sharing this journey from a state of non-existence that we were in before we were born to a state of non-existence that we will be in after we die. And that those things that we all share, that we exist in the same universe, and that we are coming from the same place and headed for the same place, that we can, we can use that truth as a, a motivation to work to make this a better place for those of us with whom we share this place. Before we start today's conversation, take a moment to pay attention to how you're feeling today. Are you feeling energized? Or perhaps feeling a little down? Are you feeling tired, happy, overwhelmed, frustrated, maybe? There's no need to judge any of those feelings as good or bad. They're just important information that your body's giving you about what's going on in your life right now. Today I've been feeling afraid. And so I'd like to talk a little bit about fear. The thing that I am afraid of, I think, 
is that truth is just something that we invented, that we humans invented. Or it's something that only exists in the way that we perceive the world. And I want to try to explain what I mean by that before I talk about why that thought makes me afraid. And then how I intend to respond to that fear. I was raised religious and of a specific type of religion that claims that truth exists outside of us. The truth exists out there in the universe, that it is absolute, that it is real, and that it is determined by God. And I think that along with that perspective came some positive feelings for a young developing person. Feelings like there's someone in control. Feelings like there's someone taking care of me. Feeling like there's someone with a plan that when things go wrong, it's okay. It's okay because it will all work out. That's the feeling of security that was tied to the idea that truth is something that's out there in the universe. As I've grown older, I've realized that I don't accept that anymore, that I don't believe that anymore. And that the things that we call true are only true relative to what we are as human beings and where we are in the universe and the things that surround us. So, for example, the concepts of up and down, those opposite ideas that only make sense in the context of their being opposite, and by that I mean the idea of up is meaningless without the idea of down. That is a, a way that human beings make sense of the space that we find ourselves in, up and down. And yet if you go out in the universe to some empty space between the stars and the Milky Way, for example, the concepts of up and down no longer make sense. And so the fact that I can point to the sky and say that's up is only true in the context of me sitting here on this planet, on the surface of this planet. And 
I'm beginning to think, perhaps not even beginning, but I'm a long way down the path of thinking that everything that we call true is that way. Everything that we call true is simply true relative to our limited perspective from inside our body sitting in an environment of some kind. That idea makes more sense to me now than the idea that I believed when I was young. But what makes me afraid is the positive emotion that was tied to the idea that I had when I was young has now become unanchored. And so I can no longer comfort myself with the idea that something out there is in control, has a plan, is determining what is absolutely true in all circumstances from any perspective. And when I think about that, the child that is still in me is afraid. is afraid that there is no plan, that no one is in control, that we're all just moving aimlessly and chaotically through this place, this universe, that no one is taking care of me, no one is watching over me. There's just me. I think it's the fear of being alone. So how do we respond to a fear like that? To an existential fear. One that is deeply a part of us. When I was a kid, I was, like so many kids, afraid of the dark. And I remember standing at the top of the stairs to the basement and looking down into the darkness. And being afraid of whatever monsters children imagine live in places like that. I try to be a rational person, and I think I was trying to be a rational person even back then. And I remember as a child forcing myself to walk down those steps into the darkness and to stand at the bottom of the stairs in the basement with the lights off just to prove to myself that my fear existed only in my mind. And so for a long time, I thought that fear was something to be fought, something to be defeated, something to be overcome. Because 
It was just a figment of our imagination, just like the monsters in the basement. And so too I have this, this knee-jerk reaction that my fear of the meaninglessness of things, of the lack of absolute truth, of the fact that maybe there isn't someone out there that's taking care of me, is something that needs to be overcome, something that needs to be defeated, something that I need to drive out of myself. But I think the perspective that I have gained as I have gotten older and more experienced is that while those monsters may not be real, the fear is, it is something that is in me. And in that exact same way, my fear of meaninglessness, of a lack of absolute truth, is real. Whether or not the thing that I fear is real. And so I sit here today talking to you from the middle of the forest and I am descending those stairs in my mind. But this time I'm not trying to overcome that fear. I'm not trying to drive it away. I'm trying to recognize what I told you earlier, that it's just a feeling. That it's information that my body is giving me. And that it's not the only thing that's happening. Perhaps it's true that there's no one out there, that there's no one out there taking care of me, watching over me, that I have no guardian angel, as it were. Perhaps that's true. But it also seems true that the fact that I'm sitting here right now, looking at these trees, looking at the new spring plants growing up from the ground, listening to the birds sing, the feeling the sun on my face. That's a remarkable experience. And the fact that I get to experience it right now is an unbelievable privilege. The simple fact that we are here, you and I, that we get to see and hear and taste, feel the world around us, is an unimaginably huge privilege. That all of those who came before us no longer have and that all of those who will come after us have not yet had. And so what I find myself thinking is that the new knowledge that we gain based on the experiences that we have, that knowledge that sometimes causes the child in us to fear because we don't perhaps feel taken care of, that knowledge inevitably is replaced 
by new knowledge that we gain as we move through life. And that while we may not be able to drive those fears out of us for good, perhaps we shouldn't be trying to. Perhaps we should use those fears as a motivation to find a new perspective, to look at the world in a different way. And if we can do that, the fear becomes not an enemy to be defeated, but rather a partner that we can move with that we can dance with, that can teach us about who we were and that we can use to work on becoming who we would like to be. And that sounds a lot like the becoming that we work on here in the Dead Man's Forest, on the constant dying to who we were so that we can be born to who we would like to be. I read a story recently by a man who was talking about a day in his distant past when his life changed. And he was sitting in his car waiting for his kids to leave the library. It was a rainy day. And he leaned over and opened the glove box and saw that there were no cigarettes there. And he wanted to smoke a cigarette. And so he put the car in reverse and was about to drive down to the gas station to get some cigarettes. And he thought, you know, it's not raining too hard and it'll only take a couple minutes. My kids won't have, to, won't have to wait in the rain for very long. And then something nudged him and he noticed what that thought looked like from the outside, from outside himself. And he thought, Oh my God, I am the kind of person who would let my kids stand in the rain so that I can get my fix. I would leave my kids in the rain to pursue a drug. And after that, he never smoked another cigarette. Those fears that we have when we see them, they can motivate us to change our lives. And that's the work of the Dead Man's Forest. Thanks for being here today. Thanks for talking with me. If you have any thoughts about your own fears that you'd like to share, you can tweet me at Dead Man's Forest 1, the number 1. Or you can reach out on our website, deadmansforest.org.
This is Michael Marvash, and I will talk to you next week. Bye-bye.